You know, sometimes you just need a blessing. Would you agree? Some of y'all saying sometimes, all the time. Y'all don't need no blessing. You already got one. You're awake. Y'all good. You're breathing. You want a blessing. Nah, Laura, I'm going to put it on you. You don't need a blessing. (laughs) That's funny. Some of y'all too stale, too stiff. That's funny. Sorry. I'm loose. I need to hurry up. It's 11.50. So, (laughs) as the children of Israel were leaving Egyptian slavery and heading towards the promised land, God told the priests, uh, the religious, the leaders of, of his people, he said, when you bless the, the people, he, he said, say this. This is in uh, Numbers chapter 6 um, for, for reference. Numbers chapter 6, 23 through 28. He says, say this. And God said, when you repeat these words, I'm going to bless the people. What I loved about what God told the priests or the leaders was he didn't say, say it twice a year or do this on Christmas or do it on Easter or do it on Mother's Day. He, he said, whenever you say it and, and when you bless the people, I will bless the people. So I feel as though I'm on an assignment to bless you today and, and to push you forward, to encourage you. You guys know that we, we preach with balance around here. So it's not just the Philly, Philly good stuff and it's not just the tough, tough stuff. It, it's balance. But today I really want to encourage your heart and, and bring you some comfort as we conclude the season of fasting and prayer. And so today I want to bring a message to you entitled Promises to the Faithful. Promises to the Faithful. Uh, today is day 21 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, we can celebrate that. It's, it's good and it is real. The power of fasting is real. And, um, and so we're concluding that today. And I do want to announce this. I forgot to tell the 930. Uh, someone told me, I said it last week. I don't remember it, but this just lets me know how hungry you are uh, for real food. Um, after church, you can eat. Y'all ain't happy enough about that. It, 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 it's, it's the spiritually deep people that want to hide the fact that you're, you're happy about eating. You know you want to eat a burger, so stop playing. You're like, oh, I'm saying, oh, you can eat after church. In your spirit, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's how you are. So come on, celebrate for food and God's goodness. Don't go in too much now. You might, you might clog, clog your pipes. Sorry. Sorry. I'm still a young man. God's still working on me. Okay, I got, I got a lot of maturing to do. I'll be putting it on my leaders. Y'all need a character. Be mature. I'll be up here talking about clogging pipes. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Here it is. I just want to give you three declarations. Uh, number one, God heard you. God heard you during this season of, of fasting and prayer. And if you didn't fast, but you're just praying, uh, you, you may not even know who you're praying to, but you're just throwing things up. You, you may call it the universe, but you're throwing, I just want to let you know God, God is hearing you. And, um, you know, I, with, with two boys, an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old, um, there's a lot of busyness in the house right now. Um, but when you put us in the car, that, that movement, that busyness, that liveliness is turned up about 10 times because they just don't stop talking, Aaron. 
It's daddy, can we go here? And daddy, can we do this? And daddy, what are we doing after church? Like Jay asked me today, um, he said, wow, this is amazing weather. It's sunny outside and we're on the way to church. He said, where are we going? I said, we're going to church. Like, what are we doing today? We're doing church. We're not going anywhere else. Well, Oh, we, you know, we need to get out, and it's this, and it's that, and it's this, and it's that, and it's Colson, and it's this, and it's that. And as parents, sometimes you just kind of shrug them off. Yeah, can we go here? Yeah, we'll go Friday. Can we do this? Yeah, we'll do it. And a lot of you, you've been talking to God. You've been praying, especially on this fast, and you feel as though your prayers are hitting the ceiling, and they're hitting the ground, and they're hitting the ceiling, and hitting the ground. And uh, truth be told, babe, is, is we hear everything our children say. We go home and, and we even try to process, how can we make that happen? H- how can we bring that to pass in their lives? We were just at Jaziel's baseball conditioning a few days ago. And we were in a gym and there were these two other little kids, a boy and a girl, and it was Judah. And, uh, and, and, and they're playing basketball. So, so Judah, Judah's, you know, I didn't know Judah was this good. Judah is Judah's doing the pump fake. He's stepping back, and he's doing the spin move and the fadeaway. I've just separated an entire crowd who doesn't know anything about basketball, but you got to deal with me here. This is my analogy. And he's killing the game. I didn't know Judah was so fast. So after baseball conditioning, Judah goes and he says, um, Mommy and Daddy, can I, play, can I play basketball? The reason this is significant is because we are a one-sport family. We only do baseball but I started talking to you about and how we have one car how could we make that happen we're, we're hearing him we're, we're listening to him and and God doesn't need to figure out how he can make it happen God, God already knows how he's going to make it happen but the encouragement here is is that during this time of season uh, fasting and prayer God has heard you it says this here in Acts 10 in Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius who was the captain of a group of soldiers Soldiers called the Italian unit. So this was not a Jewish man. This was what you would call a Gentile. Uh, verse 2, Cornelius was a very religious man. He worshiped God. So did everyone else who lived in his house. He had given a lot of money to the poor and was always praying to God. I love that. He was always speaking to God. Uh, one afternoon, about 3 o'clock, Cornelius had a vision. So whenever you see the word vision in the Bible, uh, the the person that that has the vision, they are awake. So God gives us dreams when you're asleep, and he gives you visions when you are awake. Uh, When God gave me the vision of Highlight Church in 2012, I was awake. I was in my car on my lunch break. It was like March. It was a beautiful day outside, and I saw thousands of people in a dark room worshiping God. This was eight years ago. It was a vision. And it says this here. He saw an angel from God coming to him and calling him by name. Cornelius was surprised and stared at the angel. Then he asked, what is this all about? The angel answered, here it is. God has heard your prayers and knows about your gifts to the poor. I want to encourage you, God has heard you. He's not ignoring you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't given you a cold shoulder. Uh, The Bible says that he is not delaying the promise. He's not holding back from you. He's not hiding from you. He's heard your prayers. He has heard your praise. He has heard your concerns. And the answer is on the way. You know, earlier this week, I was tempted. I was in my study time for this message. And I was tempted to worry about something that God had already promised to take care of in his word. 
And then I remember this scripture, 1 John 5, it says this here. And we are confident that he hears us. Whenever we ask for anything that pleases him, we are confident. When you, when, when you enter into the place of prayer, you got to be confident. That because of what Jesus did for you, the finished work, the sinless, the, the, the lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice for our sin, because of what he did on the cross, God hears you. You got to be confident. You can't go into prayer just, oh, God. Uh, well, I'm, you, I guess you're there, you know. Um, dang, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, God, um, can you just get me to school today? Like, you, you, can't, you can't come like that. God's like, you're going to get to school, you know. You got to come confident. You gotta, God, God literally, that word, that word means to lift your head. God literally wants you to lift your head. Not, not in a prideful way, but it means like come into my presence because I want you to. Because I want you to. And then he says this here. He says, um, confident, hears us, uh, verse 15. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. A lot of you during this fast, you've begun to read your Bible at a rate that you've never read it before. And as a result, that has changed your prayer life. It's given you language to come to God with. You, check, check this out. You can ask God for anything. And, and so what I'm not saying is, is that whatever you ask for, he's going to do. What I am saying is that when you repackage what he has said about your life and, and you offer it to prayer, the, the, those are the prayers that he answers. So God, heal me. God, give me peace. God, give me joy. God, reveal to me what is my purpose. We have to stop telling people, stop sinning, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop doing this, stop doing that. What we got to begin to do is encourage people to pray, Lord, what is, what is your vision for my life? And, and God will answer those things. The Bible says that without vision, we, we cast off restraint. Meaning when you don't have a direction or a vision from, for your life, you are going to do irresponsible things. You are going to hang out with the wrong crowd. You are going to make poor decisions. But when you have a vision for your life and you've gotten it from God, you're going to say, I, I can't. That's lame. I, I can't. I can't do that anymore. God, 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 like, you got to begin to pray. Lord, get unhealthy people out of my life. P- people that talk down on me. People that don't believe in the visions and the dreams that you put in my heart. Lord, all they want to do is party. All they want to do is say, you got to begin to pray those things and God will begin to bring people into your life. That are not going to just let you do and be whatever. But they're, they're going to be the people that you need to fulfill your destiny. And so he, he says, he says, come, he, he says when, you, when, you, when you ask for my will, many of us have been reading our Bibles and praying for the will of God during this fast. I just want to encourage you. He, he, he hears you. He, he heard you. I, I remember uh, right before we, we began this process of Starting the church, we call it 2015 the year of preparation. And um, the, the, and some a lot of you know this story, but the, the first uh, seven people that Pastor Kyra and I asked to to start this church with us, um, six out of those seven said no. And, and so Chris said yes. And so it was me, Chris, and, and, and Pastor Kyra and our two boys. So we, we were good to go. Three adults and two kids. We're going to go and change the world for Jesus. And... Um, 
that was heartbreaking. And one of them came back, and, and, and now she's blessed beyond measure um, because she made the right decision to be at Highlight Church and to serve here and to be. Okay. Y'all, y'all not ready for a building if, if you don't understand. You're in the best local church in the world, serving with the best people. And so some of you that aren't clapping, you're thinking that I'm talking down on other churches. I'm not. I love the local church. I'm friends with all these guys. As a matter of fact, when you church hop, we talk about you. Oh, Carol came over there? John? Oh, keep him. Keep him. There. I'm playing. I'm playing. Right. Michelle and Aaron? Oh, yes, please. Keep them. They... Keep them. Chow came over there? No, send him back. We need, Chow's a superstar. He, he's making a difference. But y'all don't be knowing, we friends. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? That's what I was saying. So, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 18 he said, I will build my church. So we started to pray, God, you send the people. And uh, he, he sent the people, and he heard. Number two, God saw you. God saw you. Fasting is not easy. Would you attest? Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, for, <laughs> especially for some of us first-timers. I remember my first few fasts, man. If it was anything past six hours, I felt like I was dying. And that's a normal day. You get up, you go to work, you don't eat until two or three. But when you're fasting, it's like, ugh, where's the food? Now, I got on 930 about this. That's funny, too. Like, some of y'all who laughed about that and you were, like, extreme laughing about, you almost died when you were fasting. Now, you know you broke your fast. You laughing too hard about that. Some of y'all who just sitting there looking at me. You too extreme, too. I know you broke your fast. Some of y'all who give me a he, 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 he. Okay, you, you fasted for real. You, you're moderate. Don't be too extreme, Rhoda. Don't laugh too much. Look, ah, oh, Lord, you're grabbing your heart. Rhoda, you ate that chicken tender. Nah, nah, I want to hear it. Don't be a stumbling block to young, young Christians. Breaking fast. God saw you. He saw you. You know, the, the scripture says everything lays, lays bare and, and naked in God's sight. So he, he, saw, he saw the struggle. He, he, saw, he saw the doubt. He, he saw you say on day eight, why in the world am I doing this? This is ridiculous. He, he saw it, but, but he's still going to bless you anyway. Because beyond that, he saw your heart. First Samuel 16 says this, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. We do. You know the new thing right now uh, for millennials and Gen Z, and I think it's Generation Alpha, uh, our kids as they come along. The new thing now is popularity. Uh, popularity is more valued now than true success. It, it's, it's how many followers do I have? Who looked at my Insta story? I was, um, this is so ridiculous. I was on, um, I thought I was between games. I was on my kid's tablet. And there's a new app coming out because there was a meme a few months back. Uh, one of my friends posted on Facebook. And they said, uh, they said it's going to be a rap. 
when, when, when we can tell who's actually visited our page and left. Because now you can visit someone's page and just leave, and you're like, I saw it, but I didn't see it. So I didn't like it, so they don't know I saw it, right? But there's this new app now called IG Analyzer. And now you can tell who came and who blocked you. And it's like, we're really getting petty about this now. Oh, they, they, they stopped by my page, but they didn't say hello. So what? <laughs> so what? Like, keep on moving. I lost some followers. Great. They're not your friends anyway. This, this approval thing is killing us, man. It's killing us. Man looks on the outward appearance. Man looks on the outward appearance. I, I am sure, I am sure of this. I, I, and I don't know if the stats are out, but I'm almost certain that, that just, just for, for, for namesake, um, uh, not for namesake, I'm sorry, but, but for the, just laying out the facts here, I'm almost certain that we are one of the, if not the fastest growing church in Montgomery County. I, I'm almost for certain of that. But this is why, it doesn't matter what people say or if people see it, because you, you, you should get used to moving low-key. Yeah. Just handle your business. Yeah. Just be excellent. Do well. Don't, don't worry about who's liking you, who's seeing you. God is going to find you. God is going to bless you. God is going to elevate you. Move low-key. Low-key. The only thing they can see is the white shoes. Move low-key. And get the job done. And in 10, 20 years, you're like, man, where you come from? I've been here, partner. I've been doing my thing. Come on now. And it's a spirit. And, and so God is addressing the prophet saying like, you, you, you know, he was going to anoint David and David was going to be the new king and the greatest king Israel had ever had. And and, and Jesse, the father, was like, yeah, my oldest son, he has great hair, and he's tall, and he's handsome. He's the king. And Samuel's like, yeah, the prophet's like, yeah, we got to anoint him. He's the king. God's like, no, I didn't choose him. As a matter of fact, he's not even here because he's, he's moving low key. Samuel's like, oh, it's the third son. He, he, has, he has a million followers on Instagram. He's the new king. That's how Saul got, got, got elected king. He Saul, the first king of Israel, he was the tallest, he had the broadest shoulders, he was handsome, and he was a warrior. And so the people said, we want him, we want him. God's like, he is going to make you pay one day. I didn't choose him, you chose him. The people chose him. And, and so then he, he rose up David, and he's like, well, uh, Samuel asked Jesse, the father, he's like, do you have any more sons? He's like, yeah, I got the, the, the baby boy, he's, he's out in the field. How many followers does he have on Instagram? Uh, about four or five hundred. God said, that's the one. That's the one. Why? Because God sees you. Man don't see you. God sees what he put on the inside of you. God sees the, the progress that you're making. God sees the faith. God sees the struggle. God sees the pain. God sees the strength. God sees the potential. God sees, God sees the beauty. He sees the handsomeness. He sees it all. So don't be worrying about what people, worry about your fast. What did you pray during 
the fast. And I love this here. Uh, even before Ephesians 1 says this, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Time up. Even before he made the world, I had the only follower on social media I needed to have. That's it. He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So this is the bonkers part about this. You have people running from God who have no reason to. They're already chosen. Well, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. It doesn't matter. He loves you, and he still chose you, and he still wants you, and he still has a plan for your life. I'm running from God. Uh, No, he's running after you. He, He chose you. He chose you for a great calling. That word holy means set aside. You know, growing up, I used to think the word holy was perfect. Like, man, I got I to gotta be religious and perfect. So me, I was, I was raised in the Baptist church. Someone said, well, we had one Baptist, praise the Lord. Some of y'all was Pentecostal, some of you Catholic. It's all love. God's coming back for his church, and uh, it's all good. But I was raised Baptist. So, you know, these guys, praise the Lord. They come in with their robes, collars. Men of the cloth. And, uh, you know, you know, so the choir be out worshiping. Oh, hallelujah. And the director's like, and then by the end of worship, they'll come on out. Like they used to roll deep, 20 deep. Deacons coming out, voting to pastor out the church. That's some mess. It's a and their seats had to be as big as Jesus' throne in heaven right now. And they just sit on down. And I was a little teenager, you know, 14, 15, 16. I say, bro, like, you're, you're real holy. Like, as soon as I'm able to not come to church, I'm not coming to church. Because I can't ever be that holy. And I don't want to dress like that. So, um, but anyway. You know, you thought that that was holy, like the pastor and the deacons and the deaconesses and, and the priests. And they do their, you know, they do the, the stuff and they, they, they do their poem, 10-minute poem. And it's like, you know, you got to pay all these fees to become a member and to believe in God. And you got to go through all this stuff to, to just come into God's presence. None of that is taught in the Bible. And, 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 but God says, you are holy. You mean imperfect, sinful me? Yeah, you, you are holy. Lord, you got, you got the wrong one. I just, I just cussed somebody out in traffic coming to church. You are holy. You've been set aside, set apart for God's use, for the use of the master. And there's destiny on your life and purpose on your life and power on the inside of you. You've been set aside. You don't need anyone else's approval. You don't need anyone else's yes. Go and do it. You are set aside. 
And as soon as you get free of that, it's a wrap for the devil in your life. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy. And then he says here, I love that. Here it is. He saw you without fault in his eyes. So that means that you are perfect in the eyes of God. Not because of any fast. I'm going to really mess up some of my fasters. Because I got to talk to everybody. You know, it's, you never know who coming to church. It's, you're not without fault because of your fast, because you pray, because you're here three Sundays out of the month, because you serve, because you tithe. You are without fault because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because of Jesus. And he says this here in verse 5, God decided, here it is, in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The the crazy part about Cornelius' vision 10 minutes ago when we mentioned Cornelius is it said he worshiped God. The problem was, was that he worshiped God, but there was what is called a new dispensation that had been given. And it was based on grace. Um, It it was a new covenant, a new agreement between God and man that Jesus Christ brought into the world when he died and rose from the grave. And so Cornelius didn't know Jesus. But God said, because I love you so much, because I've heard your prayers, you need to hear about Jesus so that when you die, you can go to heaven. So he sent an angel. That angel, uh, Peter had a vision, and Peter went and shared the good news of Jesus to Cornelius. Because God heard him and God saw him so that when he passed away, he could be with him forever. And it says this here through Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Number three, as we close this out, worship team, come close me out here. God will honor your faith. Maybe you didn't fast this, this, this month. Maybe you didn't pray with us. It's okay. God's still going to honor your faith. Hebrews 11 says this, faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. It was their faith that made our ancestors pleasing to God. It says this here in verse 6, but without faith, no one can please God. We must believe that God is real and he rewards everyone who searches for him. I think we preach too much of the hard stuff about God. God, God is a rewarder. He is a giver of gifts, good gifts. The Bible says in, in the book of James, the brother of Jesus said that God, God brings every good gift into your life. And so uh, Judah, our baby boy, uh, he's been wanting this gizmo watch since September 2019. Gizmo watch. And I, I've marked it. Why? Because I'm listening. And so anytime we'll go on Target, he'll say, Dad, we got to go and see my watch. Like, your watch? That doesn't, it's not on your wrist yet. We haven't bought it. Like, your watch? Yeah, we got to go and see my watch. Well, let's go see your watch. And he'll take it off. And so it's attached to this thing. And he'll, every time he'll, and I'm like, I'm not ready to pay for this yet. Don't, don't do that. And so he's like, my watch, my watch, my watch, my watch, my watch. And he thought he was going to get it for his birthday. He didn't get it. October, he thought he was going to get it for Christmas. He didn't get it. It was December. And would you know, we're about to buy this watch within two or three weeks. It's not his yet. He doesn't have it tangibly. But, but his faith and his persistence and his belief in him saying, it's mine. So even though I don't have it, it's my watch. 
It's my destiny. It's my life. It's my abundance. It's my health. It's mine. Even though he doesn't have it yet, this joker is about to get this watch. And that's the essence of faith. That kind of faith pleases God. I'll even tell you, you need to write this down. Jesus was only moved by faith. And can I give you one thing that will kill your faith? Religion. The word religion means routine. Okay, so let me break this down more. Just going through the motions of coming to church, not having any heart behind it, not believing God for anything, that doesn't move God. It's that inward trust that says, God, I surrender, and I believe you can do the impossible. As a matter of fact, I'll give you some qualifying statements from Jesus himself. Watch this here. Jesus said, he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Number two, Matthew 9 says this here. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked him, Do you believe I can make you see? You're blind right now. But do you believe I can do it? It's the only thing that ever moved him. There's a story in the Bible that um, there was a funeral it's Jesus. It's Jesus' story. There was a funeral, and back in Jesus' day, they would hire professional mourners to cry. So, so they, they didn't feel it. They didn't care about these people. They were being paid to mourn. They said, oh, my God. And so Jesus and the disciples got there. I love Jesus. Jesus was a Jeep. Jesus stepped in there. He said, I need y'all to leave. He kicked the mourners out because they didn't have the faith to believe what he was about to do. He was about to raise the dead, and it was faith, 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 it was faith. faith. I'm going to tell you how powerful faith is. This is crazy, and and I hate that it happened to my baby boy but because he was winning the game. So yesterday, my kids were playing. Come on now, Jesus taught parables and analogies. I can tell some stories. So my baby, uh, Judah, was beating Jay, and it was the bottom of the ninth inning in this video game. Seven to three, babe. And so Jay, Jay just gave up. He said, oh, I lost, whatever. I got kind of annoyed. I should have just let him, you know, lose. But I said, man, speak, speak faith. You can do this. Come on, let's make this run. And Jay said, Before you know it, I'm like, oh, snap. Judah is about to pop off. It's 7-7 at the bottom of the ninth. And Judah's like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, I shouldn't have spoke faith. And so I'm like, come on, Judah. You can do it too. Score. Three quick outs. Jay's first at bat in this video game. See you later. Home run game is over. And it was all because I spoke a little faith in Jay. He got his act together. And in the last inning, he, he won that. I know it's a video game. Some of my spiritual people are like, what is it? Look, that's faith. All right. I done gave you. Here, here go some more stories. Mark 10, 52. And Jesus said to him, go. 
for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, Lazarus was dead on this last one. His best friend had been dead for four days. The Bible says that when he got the news, he waited. So they told Jesus day one, day two, or no, they told him he was sick. He was deathly ill. Jesus was like, okay, cool. All right. He waited four days because there was a Jewish belief that if a, if a person died within three days, the spirit was still hovering over the body. So he waited to day four to dismantle this superstition. And he arrived, and, and Martha and Mary are like, man, the body stinks. It started to rot. Like, what are you doing? And he says this here, John eleven forty. Jesus responded. <laughs> I love that. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? That you would see God's glory. If you believe. God is going to honor your faith because he's faithful. God is going to honor the faith you've had for your family, those opportunities, that breakthrough, that healing. God is going to honor your faith. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory and the praise, God. Thank you for just a little extra time to bask in your presence. And we praise you, God. Thank you, God, for the gift of faith. Lord, you've given us the capacity and the the ability to believe you for miracles, for the impossible. And God, I know even now you're breaking generational strongholds. God, I know that you are releasing resource from heaven. God, I know you're opening doors. God, I know that we're growing in our hearts, in our walks. I thank you for every soul in this building. I thank you for every family represented. God, we thank you for the strength and the grace that you've given us to complete these 21 days of prayer and fasting. They have truly been amazing. And uh, we're going to continue to seek you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap.